afternoon. Welcome to 7 News. Senior police have expressed their horror at a growing trend in Sydney's underworld. Victims kidnapped and tortured, including having their fingers cut off. Two men have been arrested and charged over a violent abduction in Fairfield. And although the victims survived, police say they will live with the trauma for the rest of their lives. Robert Avadia reports. Well, torture used to be the domain of some very heavy criminals and even then it used to be rare, but times have certainly changed. Earlier this month, two men were arrested and charged over the kidnapping of a man and a woman in their 20s in January. Now, the allegations are horrific, that the victims were held for two days at Swan Bay, during which time they were bashed, they were tortured, and the man's finger was cut off with garden shears. Now, the alleged assailants were charged over that violence, but also over seeking out a ransom. And today we find out this is becoming almost standard practice in Sydney's underworld. Look, as I indicated, on, on all occasions we have identified and confirmed that the victims were targeted. And by saying that, they may not necessarily be involved in organised crime, but they are associated to members of the organised crime syndicate. The robbery and serious crime squad has arrested 10 people recently over six kidnappings in which fingers and toes have been amputated, teeth removed, body parts mutilated. In one instance, the tips of a woman's fingers and toes were cut off and she was abandoned and tied to a tree. I could only imagine it would be a very traumatic experience for someone to be abducted, uh, detained, tortured over a period of time. Um, they're dealing with the situation. They will suffer lifetime effects of both physical and psychological injuries. Uh, and we just sort of work with our hostages and our victims throughout that. Last month, Peter Vuong was kidnapped and lost his teeth, an innocent victim whose attackers allegedly used him to extort a relative of his who is a known criminal. But most of the time, the victims themselves are criminals. Thank you, Rob. The new state government says it's been blindsided by financial black holes and the result is a budget that will have to be delayed for months. Taylor Aiken is covering the story. Hello Taylor. Just how much money are we talking about here? Well, Anne, the government says since taking office it has identified a $7 billion budget black hole left behind by the previous government that will prove difficult to avoid. It's prompted the new Treasurer to delay handing down his first budget, pushing it back from June to September, also announcing a review that will see the government's economic team go through the state's books line by line. The government's saying it's following a precedent set by the Baird government, but with the state facing a $12 billion deficit and no projected return to surplus until at least 2025, it was necessary to get a true understanding of where the state was at financially. The Finance Minister and I will examine the budget line by line to make sure the public is getting maximum value from every dollar it is investing and every dollar it is borrowing. Labor says the budget is facing additional pressure due to rising borrowing costs, project cost blowouts and a series of underfunded or temporary programs, including 1,100 nurses facing the axe when their contracts expire next year. The government now forced to find over $370 million to keep them from leaving our already struggling health system. The new government insisting their election promises are locked in, but 
wouldn't reveal what programs or projects are on the chopping block as it faces an uphill battle to balance the state's books. Anne? Taylor Aiken reporting. Thank you very much, Taylor. The Foreign Minister has defended Australia's $368 billion nuclear submarines deal with the US and UK. Penny Wong says bolstering our defence force is about averting war, claiming conflict with China would be catastrophic. Rachel Baxter reports from Canberra. Good afternoon. Since her appointment to Foreign Minister, Penny Wong's focus has been on building relationships in the Pacific, including China. So it was fitting that the opening remarks to her major address at the National Press Club were about averting war and maintaining peace, touching on the obvious issues like coercive trade measures, touting Labor's bid to repair ties and bolster investment in the Asia-Pacific to ensure future security. And she plans to have visited every country in the region except for Myanmar by the first anniversary of the Albanese government in a few months' time. She also played down the idea that conflict is the consequence of Australia's decision to acquire nuclear-powered submarines with the arrangement with the United States and United Kingdom and that the speed and scale of military build-up in the region meant Australia must have credible defence capabilities. We start with the reality that China is going to continue to keep being China. A great power like China uses every tool at its disposal to maximise its own resilience and influence. Meanwhile, Jim Chalmers has also had his sights set on the international stage after returning from a series of meetings with global financial leaders in the United States. The Treasurer warning the state of the global economy will continue to have implications here at home with pressures like persistent inflation, costly government deficits and slow economic growth presenting major challenges. My budget, our budget, in uh, three weeks' time will forecast for 23 and 24 the weakest two years of global growth in the last two decades, apart from uh, the depths of the GFC and of COVID. The federal budget will be handed down on May 9. A major advertising campaign backed by former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson has launched, calling on Australians to vote no at the voice referendum. The campaign, called Recognise a Better Way, will feature Indigenous opponents of the voice. People out there are very concerned that uh, it will be run by bureaucrats as we w were run back in the 1950s. It comes as the Prime Minister joins forces with a former Liberal MP and ultra-marathon runner to champion the Yes campaign. Former politician Pat Farmer vowing to run 1,400 kilometres around Australia to raise awareness and support.